Coming up on this episode of Cougar Insiders Podcast, Brandon Gurney and I talk about ESPN contract situation, Zach Wilson's health status, the running back transfers, and other salient points that came from Media Day that happened this week. That and more on this week's edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast. Welcome to the Cougar Insiders Podcast today. I'm Jeff Call, Desert News, along with Brandon Gurney, also Desert News. We've been covering BYU for a long time, and we're coming to you here in the middle of June because yesterday was media day, and there's a lot of stuff that happened, a lot of great interviews, a lot of uh, insights we, we gleaned from yesterday. We'd like to talk about those and share some of those with you today. And I guess, first of all, Brandon, the one thing I think everybody was kind of thinking going into this uh, media day, this would be a perfect opportunity for BYU to announce a contract extension with ESPN to put out the there that, hey, this relationship's going to continue. It's already been going on since BYU announced independence. Eight-year deal plus the option year. And everything seemed to point, all the signs seemed to point that tomorrow or yesterday, media day would be the perfect opportunity for BYU to make an announcement. And then it didn't happen. And on top of that, Tom Homo uh, wasn't here at media day and he had a pre-recorded announcement or pre-recorded comments, I guess, no announcement. The only announcement really was is that nothing's been done to this point. Uh, it's close to being done. We well, have an announcement that we have no announcement. Yes, yes, yes. And basically what's holding it up at this point is the bull situation. I think in principle, everything's uh, moving along and on the right track, but uh, the bull situation, I think BYU is looking to be more flexible in its bull options. Uh, Brandon, what did you take away from what happened yesterday in regard to the ESPN contract? Well, it was a surprise and the feedback I got from fans was, was it just didn't feel like the normal media day in that perspective and, and whatnot, but, but what I liked is just uh, what we were able to learn from the coaches and players. I, I feel like I got some really good stuff. I continue to really enjoy speaking with this BYU coaching staff. I, uh, Jeff Grimes is very much the anti-Nai of offensive coordinators just with what he presents. I mean, he gives great stuff, and, and, I, and I really appreciate it. I thought I got a lot of good insight. I, I don't really have anything to add with the ESPN, because what is there to add? I mean, it was a surprise. It's a surprise Tom Holmo wasn't there, but oh well. Uh, you look at what BYU has, the team, and there, there's a lot of optimis- optimism and a lot of justifiable optimism when you look what BYU has returning. Um, they really fixed that running back situation. It, it mm-hmm. looked, we were able to talk to both Emmanuel, and, and we'll touch on this later in the program, but I enjoyed this media day more than others. Uh, I, I, I just feel like I got a lot of good info and a lot of good conversations with coaches and players that maybe I hadn't had in the past. Yeah, I think one thing that stood out about this media day experience was, I mean, every year we do this in June and there's always optimism. Everyone, you know, I guess uh, points out the bright spots and everything like that. But this year, I really felt like the coaches and, and players really believe that they are a good team rather than hoping to be a good yeah. team. And I think a lot of that stems from how the season ended last year. The guys returning, there is a lot of optimism. And again, this is it's typical, right? I mean, every media day, it's everything's rosy and great and all that stuff. But you look back at last year, coming off a 4-9 year, there's a lot of questions about what is this offense going to look like? Who's going to be the starting quarterback? Now, we, we have a really good idea 
of the, the offense, who is going to be the key contributors to the offense. We know what the defense is going to be. So just a, for me, it was just a different uh, kind of a feel or jibe. Yeah, they're definitely more comfortable. Uh, they didn't really know how to how to present it and all that just because there was a, wasn't a lot that they knew. There wasn't a lot of tangible things. It was very much a work in progress. But I think they're comfortable w- with the program. They're comfortable with the schemes, the personnel and all that. And a lot of guys returning, a lot of guys. And, and I think there's a lot to be positive about this year. Yeah, so the other uh, big, I guess, question mark coming into media day that everyone wanted to know was, what is the deal with Zach Wilson and his shoulder? He's had uh, sh- surgery. It's an injury that kind of goes back to his high school days. It needed to be dealt with. He did deal with it. He got uh, surgery in, during the winter, sat out of spring ball. And from all indications uh, from from coaches and from Zach himself, is that uh, the plan is for him to be 100%. He's he's throwing the ball now. He, he only started throwing on June 1st, so it's only been a few weeks. But... Uh, uh, prognosis looks good for him and so you combine his improved health with his confidence and what he's been able to learn um he, he has spent now i know we throw this word around a lot being like a, a football junkie or a basketball junkie or whatever what film watching a film all the time and zach wilson really is that guy i mean he will coaches told me yesterday that he will send texts to them you know at all hours of the day and night saying hey i saw this play from pat mahomes can we sometime how does, is there a way we can utilize this in our offense he always is thinking that way and he's just a he's always thinking about football so you know take that for what it's worth as far as we know zach's going to be going to be healthy going into the season yeah that's absolutely the most positive thing i i, I don't think there's been any negative news i i, I was kind of thinking because it seems like it's this way would be way you injuries it's it's never rectified like you think it would and it just seems like we're kind of conditioned that the worst is going to happen right and, and with zach wilson it looks like everything's on schedule i mean he's posting video of him him throwing and all that and he, he confirmed he's on i think the fact that he was out there taking questions i i think was positive and it just doesn't seem like it's going to be a thing which is absolutely the most positive offseason development for for the team i i don't think there's any question even over i bring in the two graduate transfers i think zach wilson's shoulder assuming that it is actually 100 percent, which it looks like it will be is is absolutely the, the best offseason news to be yeah. what we could have hoped for and the one thing about zach too is yesterday i noticed this again um when he wasn't being interviewed he was kind of just wandering around the facility and he's got a lot of confidence mm-hmm. um he's he's very loose and i just wonder how that's going to play i think that's something that i feel like this program needs is a guy a leader who's not tight not worried about failing but just loose and that's that's kind of the aura that zach um gives off is that he is confident he's um he's loose he's ready to just attack whatever comes his way and i think that's rubbing off on his teammates and it's amazing that he's only 19 and he's got teammates who are 23 24 you know guys that return missionaries and married and have kids and stuff and yet he's uh, obviously one of the leaders and and they're gonna they're gonna obviously rely on him heavily this year and you mentioned it brandon the other thing i thought was uh really cool about yesterday is they made available the two grad transfer running backs williams and azupa and you you had a chance to talk yeah. to them why don't you kind of give us your breakdown on them i was really impressed with how they carried themselves uh i mean i was very impressed with tyson but maybe particularly so with emmanuel azupa he seemed to be a really mature kid with that that yeah, yeah, this kid can be a B-way because you always wonder about these guys. Is it going to be a good fit? Can they really fit in here? I, I came away, yeah, yeah, these guys knew what they were getting into. They're confident. And, and Emmanuel 
Daniel's kind of been overshadowed by Tyson in a lot of ways because he he's the lesser profile one, and 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 he was sewed up. Uh, seems like at least a month before Tyson was. But but I I, I like what he brings. Uh, talking to Coach Grimes and Grimes, man, he gives you full answers on these guys. I really appreciate it. But but he mentioned he says the exciting thing about Emmanuel is he he doesn't feel that he's reached his potential quite yet, and he's excited about that. He he feels he's still a developing player that can can reach new heights this year beyond what. what what he's done so far in college and I, I think that's an extremely exciting thing uh, for BYU uh, a true power back I mean you look at him he is a stocky the guy kid. Yeah. I, I, yep. he, he's a guy you don't want to tackle and, <laughs> and when you're, you're talking about BYU running backs durability is huge absolutely huge I mean Tyson's a big kid too but Emmanuel man he just looks like a guy that can take on a lot of things and and I think who's going to play in all that all three of them are going to play in my opinion I, 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 throwing in Lapini Katoa which is absolutely the most proven running back I, I currently in, in 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 the system. And, and I thought what was really interesting is is talking to AJ Stewart about the running backs. He mentioned that he believes Lapini's going to have his his best year yet because of these guys. And I think it's a big thing because you have Lapini. You put a lot of on this kid, right? I, and and being a sophomore, not having a guy to really learn from and push you and 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 to really take notes from about how things done. That's a detriment uh, to these guys i don't care how, how talented you are you need to be pushed i i think you've seen a lot of instances where where you expect things from from a byu player progression wise that he's not able to put in the time in just because maybe uh he doesn't have the battles he doesn't benefit from really having a true competition in, in fall camp and and and, and everywhere and Lapini's absolutely going to have that and Lapini's a, a mature kid i think he understands that and i think he's excited for it. but aj stewart made the comment i believe Lapini's going to make a huge mm-hmm. jump because of this I, I think it's going to really, really benefit where we are. When you look at this running back situation now, as opposed to where he was out of spring camp, it has dramatically changed, and, and coaches did an outstanding job getting these two guys in. Yeah, they really did. I mean, it, things looked pretty dire back in January, February, um, when you looked at the lack of depth. And Brand, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you this question. If you had to bet right now, who's going to be BYU's leading rusher this fall out of that group? I, my my, my standing answer was, was Lapini Katoa, right? I, I still went with Lapini. Peeney, but man, the more I look at Tyson Williams and what he's able to do, and, and you get what coaches talk about and just what he brings back, I think I might be leaning a little more toward Tyson, which is really hard to say until they start practicing. And I'm a big Lapini Katoa guy. I, I really like him. But the fact that it's even a question, I think it's a positive thing. And it, and that means that we'll probably have Manuel Supam when it's all said <laughs> and done. I think I think one of the positives is that they're both here. Yeah. They're already here. They're working out. And if, and if they're there day one on fall camp, when fall camp opens on July 30th, first then that's another good sign that these guys are going to be be contributors all right uh, any other uh notes or anything that stood out to you from from media day one thing that really stood out to me and this is kind of a, a smaller thing and maybe not but but you you're looking at BYU's wide receivers and that's kind of the position where someone really needs to step forward and, and, and the theme has always been it's going to be gunner Romney, gunner Romney, gunner Romney. we weren't able to talk with gunner he was there i saw him but he wasn't made available to the print media but i was able to talk to Aleva hefo and i was really struck by this interview because Aleb is a he, he's just a really casual kickback guy he just never serious and all that I was really struck by how serious he was and, and I talked to Fessy Satake about it and he says yeah that's kind of what I'm glad to hear that because that's kind of what we're telling him you need to be vocal you need to carry yourself that's your next progression and, and you look at what he's been able to do he can be a really productive receiver and, and I think that's kind of the last thing for this BYU offense is the wide receiver development you 
know you have the offensive line. Running backs looks like it's going to be fine. Um, tight ends, great, right? But but wide receivers are still, eh, do they really have these guys? And I think a, a continued progression from Aleva Hefo, and if Gunnar Romney becomes what everyone thinks he can become, and you throw in uh, some role guy, guys like Pau, I, I, I think he's a very underrated player. I think he could have a, a big year as well. I, I think that could really round out to, to be a, a productive BYU offense and kind of be the fitting, finishing touches in that regard. One of the things I know people get excited about is depth charts, right? I mean, it seems like the first day of camp or media day, people want to see the depth chart. And one thing, I don't know about you, Brandon, one thing I've learned over the years, and this has changed, but in the last, I'd say, five to seven years, depth charts don't mean that much anymore yeah. because coaches tend to use the the word or a lot. And so yeah. you've got like three or four potential stars, a bunch of positions. And then the other thing too is BYU um, in a lot of ways kind of gone positionless in some areas. I mean, you saw how Corbin Kafusi was used last year. He was lined up all over the field in different areas. They'd go three down linemen, four down linemen, and they really mix coverages and you know, nickels and dime, whatever. And so it's it's interesting to look at the depth chart, but I think more interesting is to look at the big picture and see the depth that they have. And I don't know, what do you think about that? I, I think that's a very accurate assessment. And and, and one interview that, that I thought was notable in that regard was, was I, I I really tried to, to get Tuiaki to talk about the middle back or who's going to play that position because I think that's a really big hole on this defense. And he kind of touched on, on on what you had, and I thought he might, is just the traditional Wanayunga run stuffer. I, I mean, even going back to like a Rob Morris or Shane Muirberg type, it's not really that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you have to be variable. You have to have a guy that can do a lot of things and, and just pigeonholing a, a guy, yeah, you're the middle backer and that's it. I mean, we saw that last year. I, we saw Corbin Kafusi playing middle backer, for heaven's sakes. Yep. <laughs> so yep. um, I, I think they recognize that, and I, I think moving forward, uh, we're not going to get good answers. <laughs> I mean, offensively, yeah, yeah, you, uh, it's totally different. But defensively, it, it's just a whole new game in this day and age with what guys are playing. But I'm interested to see how a lot of guys are fitting in. A, a guy's name who I'm not hearing a lot about is Troy Warner. He's kind of disappeared, and you kind of wonder how he's going to work in. Where BYU's really excited about safeties and Diane Gonwaluku and Austin Lee. I think they're as strong as any returning safeties BYU's had for quite a while. It, but but that's an exciting thing when you have a talent like Troy Warner. How is he going to fit in? How, how and then you have three JC guys coming in. Mm-hmm, right. I, I mean, we don't even but. Y- you absolutely expect these guys to contribute immediately. So, so there's a lot of depth, and and you could see it with Tuiaki how excited he is to see how this all plays out because they have a lot of options. So the last thing we need to talk about, Brandon, is uh, Kalani Sataki. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about him not having a contract extension. He's got more than one year left on the deal, but based on what he did last year and the potential of this team, are you surprised that BYU hasn't uh, made any announcement or, or or extended his deal? I long thought that the, that yesterday was when it was going to happen. But I've heard nothing as far as chat. Yeah. I, I mean, stuff like that always leaks. You have, you have boosters that want you to know how connected they are and, and whatnot. But uh, there's been no chatter. There's been nothing regarding that. I mean, I, I which means nothing is going to happen, and nothing did happen in that regard. So, so yeah, I, I, I kind of wonder if if the administration's gun shy because of giving Rose an extension. Maybe that's playing into it a little bit. I, I don't know, but it, it is kind of surprising. It, it just seems like it's BYU's way, and it'd be a natural thing to to give him a, an extension. So it kind of surprised me in that regard that they haven't. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm really not that surprised because. 
Uh, I think I was telling you yesterday, years ago when uh, when Bronco Mendenhall was kind of in the same situation, he had a year or a little bit more of the year left on his, his contract and for a long time, no extension. I remember writing several stories about updates on what's going on, talking to Bronco, talking to you know his agent, talking to administrators at BYU. And the same message we kept getting was, you know, we're, we're talking, there's nothing to worry about, everything's fine. And that's kind of what we're getting again. And, and I think you, you hit it right on the head, Brandon. BYU is different. BYU is different than any other school in the country. They do things differently. They do it their way and in their time. And from my perspective, this again struck me yesterday talking to Kalani Sataki. He's very comfortable. He's happy here. He loves being the coach at BYU. He's excited about the future. He's, he understands the big picture of BYU. It's not just football. It's it's service. It's representing the church. It's everything that he embraces. And so I don't think there's anything really, any concerns uh, to be had from that standpoint. Well, yeah. I, that's a really good point because I, I I am remembering back to Broncos days, and, I, and yeah, you make a really good point there. And uh, as far as just being comfortable, and, and if he's happy, and if they've had discussions, and if those are valid, I, I mean, who needs a big announcement? Well, thank you for joining us today on the Cougar Insiders podcast. Uh, we're really happy to bring you this this information. We'll be having a lot of great articles here in the coming weeks that uh, came from Media Day. A lot of awesome interviews and great stories that we hope you'll enjoy during the kind of the summer lull before BYU uh, convenes for fall camp, and then of course the season opener August. 29th against the University of Utah.